Well, good morning, everyone. We are so glad that you're here with us to worship today. Uh, a special shout out goes out to uh, all of the residents and staff of Violet Springs Health Campus on Diley Road up in Pickerington. We're so glad that you guys have tuned in to worship yeah. with us this morning. Very exciting. Welcome, Violet Springs. Yes, yes. So good to have you. And it's actually been a very good week. Uh, busy, but yeah. good. And um, and so uh, this this week, you know, uh, it, well, yesterday was just absolutely gorgeous. I'll take more of yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, so today, uh, not so much, but uh, yesterday was great. I got out, mowed the lawn, got some exercise, relaxed a little bit. Uh, Sandy and I, uh, earlier in the week, were able to get out and do some hiking, which we enjoy and I need desperately to relax. <laughs> so, um, speak, so, so what, how about you? What did you do this week that helped you relax? Well, you mentioned mowing the lawn, yeah. and as you know, I... I absolutely love mowing the lawn. So I mowed it yesterday. And for those of you that love mowing the lawn, I mowed it high yesterday. Um, so I get to mow it again on Monday. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Now, now, now the difference though is you get to ride on your mower. I do. <laughs> I do. That that definitely makes it a little more enjoyable. Uh -huh. So, But I did um, get to go fishing a few times uh, this week. No. I did. Shocking. <laughs> and uh, for those of you that are in uh, the, uh, the Young Adult Life Group, um, you can check off many of your bingo items this morning. <laughs> so we're going to try to hit a few of those as uh, I went fishing. So... Um, I, I love fishing, as many of you know. Um, I, um, I do a lot of fishing. I might not do a lot of catching. So, or uh, some people say I actually do a lot of casting, but maybe not a lot of catching. So um, you think about um, fishing, and you know, everybody's got fishing stories. Of course, their fish was uh -huh. this big and, and that whole kind of thing. And everybody's got their favorite lure, which I, I do have a new favorite lure. And I just got one. I was given one um, by my friend Stefan just the other day that I can't wait to try. Can't wait. So, so I, I caught a couple fish this week. And uh, my uh, big fish stories, I don't have a lot of them. But uh, actually, this year, I've caught uh, my biggest largemouth bass I've ever caught. So I've caught actually two uh, three-pounders. So that's a pretty... So how, how big is that? It's... It, Whoa. I mean, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I, mean, it's, it's, I mean, everybody's story is that, uh -huh. right? Yeah. And I did, um, I, I had proof people were there with me. Um, I did, I, I don't know how big it was, but it had to be at least 10 to 20 pounds. Okay. Um, it, it snapped my line. Wow. So it's the first time I've actually had a fish snap my line this year. But my biggest fish story. Um, I think I was 17 years old, and I got to go deep sea fishing. So we caught bluefish and yellowfin tuna, mm -hmm. which was super fun. And uh, we actually caught, um, uh, by we, it actually ended up being me, um, caught a six or so foot mako shark. And uh, that, was, that was a lot of fun. Did you get them in the boat too and everything? We did. I don't know how much time we have, but uh, long story short, uh, the, uh, the boat captain thought that um, as he hooked the fish, because that's his job, uh, he thought that it was just another bluefish, and he had a few explicatives that he <laughs> shared quite loudly in the boat when he realized or thought that it wasn't a shark. And uh, so as, as we um, are, are, I'm reeling it in, there's, there's no tension at all on the line, and just reeling as fast as I can. And uh, as after a minute or so goes by, because the line was way out and way deep, and 
I looked just, just off of the boat, about 15 feet, and, and there was a shark swimming. And I've never seen, other than aquariums, I've never seen a shark in person. So I, shark, shark. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the boat captain, there was a few more mm-hmm. <laughs> choice words that he chose because he realized that the shark was actually on my line. Oh. And we still had a bunch of lines that were still out and the danger of it getting uh, just hooked into those was a, uh-huh. was a problem. And um, the, as we gaffed the shark to uh, bring it into the boat, the shark almost flipped um, up inside the boat and he had the line inside of its mouth. And the boat captain, the, the guy, he's crazy. He reached into the shark's mouth to pull the line out so it didn't break the line. Yeah. No, so it was an exciting fishing story. And uh, we did uh, get the shark. And um, it tasted pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Sorry for all of you people out well, there who don't like uh, animals. <laughs> if you're interested in fish stories, this is the guy that you need to talk to. Because it seems like every week he comes in to the office and, and shares one of these stories. Uh, I don't ha- I'm not a fisherman. So I don't have a fish story. You don't have to worry about that. But um, I, I do have a fish story to tell that's not my own. See, I, I don't, I, I'm not a fisherman. I can't tell you my stories. But I can tell you stories of other people. And this morning, we're, we're actually going to be looking at a fish story that involves Simon Peter. Yeah. And uh, that's, in, that's in chapter 5. But uh, before we get there, um, you remember a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about uh, Jesus' temptations in the wilderness. Hmm. Uh, um, well, you know, obviously Jesus didn't stay in the wilderness. And later in chapter four, we're told that that Jesus was returning in the power of the Spirit. Mm. Uh, n- no wonder after forty days of fasting and seeking his Father, but but he, he returns to Galilee where he performs miracles yeah. and where he begins teaching in the synagogue. And there's one thing in particular that Jesus says at the end of chapter. Four that's really important for us as we look at our text this morning. Jesus said this, I must preach the gospel um, or the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. And, and that one phrase, together with his miracles, but that phrase in particular really helps us understand what follows. Because in, in Luke chapter 5, Jesus calls his first disciples. And in calling them, he makes it abundantly clear that uh, that calling involves proclaiming or preaching or announcing the good news of the kingdom to other people. Yeah. And, and in their calling, and this is where it, it's, it, it's so helpful for us because in their calling, we come to understand the nature of our own calling because we, we follow Jesus. So where he goes, we go. <laughs> Where what he would say, we, we say. What he does, we should do. And we are to preach the good news of the kingdom, calling people to repent and also trust in Jesus. And so um, this morning, Jesus invites us all to trust him, to follow him, and to be fishers of men. 
Well, why don't we pray? And then we'll uh, jump right in. Father, thank you for our our time together here this morning. Thank you that you have given to us your word. Uh, Father, uh, we we thank you for sending Jesus and uh, for calling us to yourselves. And Lord, this morning as we look at this text, would you help us to understand more completely what it means to follow you? And may we be obedient to your call. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So this morning, we want to look at three things um, in this passage of Matthew, or I'm sorry, Luke chapter 5. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 5. Kids, if you left yours um, back in your bedroom or on a shelf somewhere, um, run and grab it real quick. Uh, we're going to look at Luke chapter 5, and we're going to look at three things um, in this passage as Jesus um, calls fishers of men. Now, the first thing is we're going to look at that he invites us all to trust him. The second thing, uh, to follow him. And the third, that he calls us to fish for men. Those are the three things that he calls us to do. So the first thing we want to look at this morning is that when Jesus calls us, um, that it is a call to trust him. So look at uh, Luke chapter 5, and uh, I want to read just the first four verses there. It says, on one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing the nets. They They were done. So getting into the boat, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. (laughs) So Jesus tells them to go out deep and lay your, put your nets down for, all right, you got to explain to me. You're the fisherman, right? So... If you were Peter, how would you feel uh, having a carpenter tell you how to fish? I've got to be honest. There's probably only two people that I would take that well from. (laughs) One is uh, my dad, uh, which I think actually might be with us um, live today. And uh, the other would be my best friend because he clearly knows more about fishing than I do. Um, Otherwise, um, just uh, as way of confession, um, I'm pretty arrogant when it comes to fishing, (laughs) and I think I know what I'm doing. So, but if if my daughter, if she's probably watching this morning, if she was to tell me how to fish, I would probably be a a little offended. Okay. Seriously, um, that's, I I got it. Yeah. I got it. Yeah, I I was just curious. (laughs) So, uh, but here, you know, we have this moment, and it it, it is a profound moment um, that's happening here as Peter is willing to let um, his boat serve as a floating pulpit for Jesus. And he clearly it probably doesn't know exactly what Jesus is getting at. You know, they were done for the day. Um, they were washing their nets. They were ready to, to go home and rest. And from all appearances, it, it doesn't seem like they had quite uh, or much of a catch that day. And we're probably a little on the discouraged side. So as Jesus walks up um, and uh, tells them to um, put out um, to see and kind of tells them uh, where to go, um, it's it's got to be a moment that... Um, Peter has to check himself as to what is really going on. Um, And Jesus begins to give them um, some fishing tips, and we see uh, uh, Peter's response. Look at verse 5. It says, "And, And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. 
So a little bit uh, passive aggressive, which I, if, if you know me well, I'm, I'm a little like that. A little. <laughs> a little. <laughs> and uh, it, uh, I would like to say it's in my genes. Uh, that, uh, it's not my fault, but clearly I, I'm in control of it. And he, he tells uh, Jesus, you know, hey, look, we just worked all night and we caught nothing. And now you want us to go back out like, duh, there's no fish today. It's not a good day to fish. Uh, but um, he says, um, at your word, I will let down the nets. Um, as Peter was um, apparently at that moment the expert fisherman, um, he decides to go anyway. And so there um, we see that there's something about what's going on with his relationship about Jesus as Peter decides to go ahead and go out. We see that Peter trusted him. He trusted him. Yeah, and and maybe at first glance, uh, you know, we don't really feel the impact of that. But like you were saying, they had they had just spent all night fishing. They didn't catch anything. My understanding is is that there are certain times when the fishing's good, (laughs) and certain times when you don't go fishing. So I'm sure, being expert fishermen, they went out at the right time, didn't catch anything. So this was not the right time. Yeah. And by the way, how they were, how were they going to get out to where they need to be? I don't think Jesus was going to be rowing. <laughs> Probably not. It doesn't say that he. That he yeah, did. you know. So 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 Peter not only realizes, you know, hey, this doesn't make any sense, but you know, I've got to do the work. Yeah. I, I'm the one that's got to row. I've got to be the one that's laying, you know, putting out the nets and and, and such. And but but he, yeah. like you said, amazingly, he. He does what Jesus asks him to do. Yeah, and as someone who loves to fish, and even like Saturday, I was out with my best friend fishing, and, mm-hmm. and it, it wasn't a great day of fishing or catching. Um, although I, I did, um, I, I hooked a couple. Um, my friend, which is probably also watching today, he, he hooked, um, I'm not gonna say it out loud, but it looked something like this. And, but he would also tell you I, I didn't get them in the boat, so it doesn't count. Okay. So what fishermen do is, um, is they're not catching anything. They, uh, they go through. Oh well, we're going to go to this spot, and we're going to go to this spot, and you know, well, we're going to go to our secret spot or the honey hole or this one other mm-hmm. place, and we're going to. And they've probably exhausted um, all of the spots that they can think of. Yeah. And it's been discouraging for them. And mm-hmm. here we see Peter trusting um, God, and we realize that sometimes God asks us to do things. Um, that might seem a little bit on the impossible side yep. for us. And uh, for us, I want us to encourage us um, to remember that we trust a God who does the impossible. Yeah. Uh, he Amen. majors in this. He can mm-hmm. do it in a moment for a, for a God that can, as the scripture says, um, speak all of creation into existence mm-hmm. in a moment. Um, he can do that. Um, and um, not only can he do the impossible, um, he's never failed. <laughs> That's a pretty good track record. Yeah, at anything. Yeah. <laughs> never, never failed. And his character is impeccable. He keeps all of his promises. Um, and um, he's proven himself time and time again. And um, for us to just think about um, here for a moment, God's faithfulness in our own lives. To think back through um, those moments in time uh, when we were doubting, when we were discouraged, and um, remembering how God comes through. Mm-hmm. Um, in his own way, in his own time, every single time mm. he comes through. I think it's a good practice for us to, to from time to time, 
make time to reflect yeah. on what God has done for us because it's so easy to forget. Um, but the reality is I know in my life that if I were to do that, if I went back from even before um, he called me to himself, I can see his hand now as I look back in my life. But you know, I could write a multi-volume <laughs> set of God's faithfulness. And I know some people love to journal. That yeah. might be a great thing to do is, is to, Absolutely. and if you, you know, have it, I know a lot of our folks in D groups are, are journaling. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a good practice, but, but to remember what God has done and how he has shown himself to be faithful in our lives time and time again. Yeah. Cause in those moments of doubt, mm-hmm. uh, we don't, uh, those, those don't come readily to our minds, mm-hmm. but let's look back to the scriptures in there in Luke. And it says in verse 6, And when they had done this, they they went out. Um, They enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. So many fish that their nets were breaking. (laughs) Um, They signaled to their partners, which was probably in panic, um, in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and they filled both of the boats so that they began to sink. Now, I've not caught a lot of really huge fish. I've certainly not caught a lot of fish at any one given time uh, with a net. Um, but to imagine there being so many fish in a fishing boat that it's going to sink, yeah. that that would be that'd be crazy. I, I don't think you've ever had that concern. Oh, thank you, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, but here, uh, verse eight. Um, but when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus's knees, saying, "Depart from me, for I mm. am a sinful man, O Lord." For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. They, mm-hmm. they were astonished, mm-hmm. I mean, blown away um, at what has happened. As soon as they let down their nets, there were so many fish in them, they began to break. And they called for help for two other boats uh, with so many fish um, in both of them that both boats were beginning to sink. So when Jesus calls you, when he asks of you, um, our response is to trust him. He yeah. knows what he's doing. Yeah. You know, the, the other thing I, I took away from this is not only is it a call to trust him, it's a call to go fishing, mm. <laughs> which I'm sure you, you yes. like that. You like that, but it's a call to go fishing. And, um, you know, before we talk about that, though, I, I, I'd like to look just for a moment at how Peter responds to what he has just seen. Mm. You know, the scripture says that he fell down at Jesus's knees. Yeah. I mean, can you just picture he's, he's on the boat, you know, all of this, you know, happens and, and well, not, not happened past tense. It's happening right in that moment. Yeah. I mean, the fish are still coming in. The nets are still breaking. The boats are sinking. And, you know, Peter, instead of trying to frantically just get everything in or throw fish out because they're sinking, Mm -hmm. Peter's response is to fall at his knees. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. It just made me wonder, you know, what was it that made Peter respond that way? Yeah. You know, if, if you're just in the moment and you see what, what has just happened. And, and as I was thinking about it, um, you know, I, I came to, to realize that, you know, Jesus wasn't a total stranger to Peter. I think at first glance you read this, we, we might forget that Peter actually had already met Jesus. Uh, in fact, Andrew had, in, had introduced him uh, to Jesus. And, um, 
And uh, back in chapter four, actually, Jesus was at Peter's mother-in-law's house. And so Peter had been contemplating following Jesus. But I think this miracle just kind of like sealed the deal. (laughs) Yeah, this this is the guy that that I want to follow, that I need to follow. You know, Peter didn't understand exactly who Jesus was at this point in, in his life, but he knew this was no ordinary man. Yeah. This, this was somebody sent by God. This was a holy man. This was a prophet of God, and I am in his presence. Mm. How overwhelming. I mean, now you understand why he fell at Jesus's knees. And, you know, I, this is going to sound like a simple question, but ha- have you ever felt like that? Yes, <laughs> and I, I think it's oftentimes, um, you know, for Peter, he put the miracle in in the context of Peter's life. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't rain down, you know, gold coins from heaven. Mm-hmm. Peter was a fisherman, mm-hmm. and he showed him so he would understand. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I, I, I can tell the story here. Many of you have heard it, but just realizing in a moment um, that God wanted control of my life mm-hmm. um, and my plans needed to be set aside. I needed to trust him with his plans for my life. Yeah, yeah. Well, as I was thinking about Peter's response, I was thinking that was only made possible because he was in the presence of of Jesus. He There was this contrast between yeah. Peter and Jesus. <laughs> Holy Jesus, unholy Peter, you know? And uh, I love what John Calvin uh, said in in the Institutes of Christian Religion. He said this, he said, man never attains to a true knowledge of himself until he has contemplated the face of God and come down after such contemplation to look into himself. And that's exactly what happened to Peter. Um, he, he caught a glimpse of the face of God in Christ, and then he looked into himself, and he cries, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Quite a moment. Yeah, yeah. Now, the, the sad thing is, is that many of us miss out on the blessing. Now, when you look at this and you go, well, who wants to feel like that? Well, that's the first step to freedom. <laughs> That's the first step to, yeah. to having sin lifted off is coming to understand that we are sinners yeah. and that God is holy. But all too often, I think a lot of us like to compare ourselves to other people. Mm-hmm. I, I call it comparative righteousness. <laughs> and who do we compare ourselves to? People who we think are worse than us, <laughs> you know? Well, you know, I've never murdered anybody. You know, um, I, 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 you know, I haven't committed adultery. I haven't whatever sins you put up there at the high uh, hierarchy up at the yeah. top. You know, we we tend to look at those people, compare ourselves, and of course, you know, we come out smelling like roses. Yeah. But the true comparison is not comparing ourselves to one another. Yeah. It's comparing ourselves to Jesus. Yeah. And in fact, Jesus himself said in Matthew 5, 48, he says, be therefore perfect, even as your heavenly father is perfect. And none of us, none of us can, can be perfect. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, just, I just think as, as I look at that, I realize that when you stare at, 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 at Jesus and you realize who he is, and then you look at yourself, you realize, yeah, depart from me. I can understand exactly how Peter felt. Yeah. Now, on the flip side, this, this, is, this gets even better. 
we can tend to, when we start to, to, to do what Peter did, we can start to feel like, well, why would God want to have anything to do with me? Mm. I'm that sinful. I'm that, um, you know, putrid in a sense in his eyes. Why would God have anything to do with me? It, it's easy to think that, but nothing can be further from the truth. And I love what Jesus says in John 3, verse 17. He says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Um, Jesus didn't come here to beat us over the head with a baseball bat and say, bad, bad, you're really bad. It's a good thing. Yeah. He, he came to save us. And, and Jesus knew that Peter was a sinner, as he knows we're all sinners. But here's the good news. He came to call sinners to himself. And, and here's where, where I can put myself in Peter's shoes. Rather than Jesus going away, you know, Peter says, depart from me, Lord. Rather than going away, he says, join me. Join me. And you see that there where it says, and Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. Hmm. So, so Jesus not only calls Peter to trust him, yeah. he, he, he now commissions him to fish for men. <laughs> so he gives him a job to do. And, and, and so now if I ask the question, how do you think Peter felt? <laughs> Uh, knowing the other examples of Peter in Scripture, I'm sure he was like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, he he might have felt, you know, humbled. He might have felt honored. But um, I think Peter was oftentimes, um, you know, in, in his own wiring, just kind of an emotional being and was probably just in that moment just kind of a little bit confused. Fishers of men. Mm-hmm. Like, I throw nets and catch people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe Jesus means something else. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is a lesson Peter learned several times in, in his life, but I think part of how he must have felt is just a sense of gratitude, um, a, a deep sense of humility. What, Jesus, uh, you're not going away? Hmm. You want me to do what? And, and of course, that helps explain why they left everything, you know, to, to follow Jesus. But, you know, in, in life, you know, we, we can get to a place where we think, okay, I can't, it's hard to believe, but I believe God really wants me and he wants to use me. And, but then we have to relearn that lesson again, you know? And if you fast forward to towards the end of Jesus's earthly life, remember when Peter denies Jesus three times, um, he, he goes into hiding and Jesus has to come back and, and remind him, Hey, Peter, I gave you a job to do. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so I, if you're there and you're wondering, hey, does God want you? Yes. Does he love you? Yes. Does he want to use you? Yes. And it may be a lesson you'll have to be reminded of time and time again, but go back to the scriptures, look at stories like this, and, and you will become convinced of God's great love for you. Yeah. Well, and even in times of doubt or um, the cycle of sin and shame and guilt, that God meets us in those moments um, and desires to let us know that uh, we are his mm-hmm. and we're loved um, is such good news that we need mm-hmm. more often than we'd like to do. Yeah. So verse uh, 11, we, we move on and he says, and when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. 
And of course, this you know, raises the question again, why, why would these guys leave their work, leave their families, leave everything that they've known behind their friends to follow a man they hardly knew? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like I mentioned you know, before, you know, uh, Peter wasn't following a perfect stranger. Um, and, um, and so, uh, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, when we, when we look at this, Jesus came to earth to fish for men and he is calling us to do the same. Yeah. Yeah. To join him in that. Mm-hmm. So he's called us to trust him. He's called us um, to be fishers of men. And the third thing that we want to look at uh, today is that he has also called us to follow him. And that's what we see here as we uh, keep going through uh, Luke chapter 5 as they're following him and they're going uh, to different towns. And uh, Jesus is uh, healing people and they're seeing him do miracles and share um, the good news about who he is um, with others. And uh, we're going to skip ahead as we look at um, Jesus calling others to follow him. Look at uh, verse 27 in Luke chapter five. It says, after this, he went out and he saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And we've got to keep in mind here, um, just for those of you that feel like uh, wherever you are in life, that uh, you're too awful uh, for Jesus. Uh, Tax Mm -hmm. collectors weren't... um, (laughs) They weren't the favorite people in society no. at all. Um, in fact, they were hated by most. And um, here Jesus goes to him there in the tax booth where he is doing um, his work. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, come and uh, follow me. And would you think about what this idea of following means and what it meant back then and there, that it literally mm-hmm. meant um, walking with him physically uh, or following him in order to learn from him. Mm-hmm. This was something where people would leave um, their home. They would leave their family. They would leave their livelihoods. Um, and to follow someone at that kind of call for a rabbi, they would leave everything mm-hmm. and follow him to learn from him. Mm-hmm. And it was clear that this is what um, Jesus is saying when he says to, uh, to Matthew here, or Levi, to follow <coughs> me. And like um, Peter, James, and John, uh, he left everything to follow him. He did. Uh, there in that moment, he left it all. And um, for us to, to make sure that uh, we understand um, here about Levi and really about us too, that uh, we know, and I think Levi knew, that uh, he deserved nothing except for God's wrath, mm-hmm. which is an incredibly um, awful thing. But he deserved it as we deserve it. And that God not only um, in that moment uh, was willing to be in his presence, but God accepts him mm-hmm. and God chose him. And what that uh, for us um, needs to do is to one, just call into um, effect of how, um, how amazing and wonderful and gracious and glorious and holy God is. Yeah. But yet he still chooses um, to enter into our own time, our own space and call us mm-hmm. to follow him. Mm-hmm. It's powerful, it's powerful. Uh, But let's check out uh, what happens next there in verse 29. It says, And Levi uh, made him a great feast in his house, and there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at the table with him. I mean, think about this. Jesus uh, calls, you know, with Peter, James, and John and the whole fishing thing, and then they follow him and they go with him in different cities, and they see Jesus doing miracles and, and teaching the crowds, and there begins this buzz, and... 
he goes to Levi in another town and he says, hey, come and follow me and leave everything. Come and learn from me. And Levi does. And Levi's response um, is to throw a huge party <laughs> with a bunch of his center buddies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with a bunch of other people that... Um, society wouldn't want to be around. And he honors Jesus as his guest. Um, it's quite a moment. And I think it's something that um, all of us as Christ followers really ought to do. Yeah. Is we ought to want um, to go um, after we realize what Christ has done for us. We ought to want to go and to tell others. And that should be a response um, for us. And for me, um, even as a high school student, um, the desire um, to go and share with others what Christ had done in my life was mm -hmm. great. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually was dubbed a few nicknames for that. Um, some of them were, um, were fun. Um, I even got a t-shirt out of the deal. And <laughs> some of them weren't so fun. But really, um, out of just a, a love and gratitude for who Jesus was, I wanted uh, my friends, my schoolmates to know about Jesus. Well, you know, when we talk about Levi, I mean, his story parallels Peter's, doesn't it? I mean, there's that yeah. same understanding of I, I know who I am. I know the depths of my sin. And Jesus is extending an invitation to me. And and when, when you encounter Jesus, I mean, how can you go back to counting money, you know? And yeah. I mean, your life is changed, right? Yeah. You know, you, you, can't, you can't help but tell other people about it. So I kind of like this idea of, you know, um, celebrate Jesus and then invite all your sinner friends to the celebration yeah. where you can then introduce them to him. Yeah. I like it. It's a fun moment. Uh, but, you know, whenever something good is happening, there's always some opposition to it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, people um, in power oftentimes want to keep that. So look at verse 30 uh, together here. It says, and the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples saying, why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Mm -hmm. Jesus clearly crossed boundaries. Mm -hmm. This was not okay um, in their society. It was not okay in their culture and the rules of which they live by in their culture. And it wasn't okay because it challenged what the religious elite of the day were doing. Yeah. And they knew it. Yeah. So as we think about um, what it was that... Um, the disciples were realizing mm -hmm. in this moment, there's probably um, something that they hadn't yet realized that this meant to come and follow yeah. Jesus. Yeah, and and I think if I can, I'll, I'll add a fourth point to the three points we've we've already covered, and that is is that when Jesus calls you, it's a call to repent, mm. and that's what they didn't realize. Yeah. Jesus wasn't just hanging out with the tax collectors and, and sinners because he was interested in having a beer, you know, and having a good time, which. Would be an interesting moment for the record. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but he came for the purpose of seeking and saving that which is lost. And, and I think we see that clearly in verse 31. He says, and Jesus answered them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. 
I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So Jesus came to call sinners to repentance, and what a better place to be than among sinners. Now, of course, you know, we have to be careful we don't run with that and head down to the local bar and just say, hey, I'm following Jesus and down a few, you know, brewskis, and, <laughs> and then they carry you out. That's, that's not what we're talking about you, here. I just want to pause and note, <laughs> you just said brewskis. I did, I did. <laughs> I reveal, I re, yes, yes. Um, but, you know, G, Jesus, Jesus does not offer salvation to those who refuse to repent. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, we need to understand it's not just believe. It's believe and repent. Yeah. Or, or actually the way Jesus said it in Mark chapter 1, he says the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. Mm. Both of those things are necessary um, to, to acquire saving faith and to have a relationship with God. But here's the interesting thing. If you look really closely at this, Jesus is not merely calling us to repent. He's calling us to call other people mm. to repent. Mm. Now, it's one thing to tell people that Jesus loves you, mm. um, that he died for you. It's another thing to tell people you need to turn from your sin and turn to Christ. Um, that, that's, that's more difficult. But very clearly here, Jesus is saying, I've come to call people to repent, sinners to repent. And if we are to follow Jesus, if we're to do what he did, if we are to be fishers of men, we too have to call people to repentance. Yeah. But um, you know, I don't know if you've noticed this, but unfortunately in our day, um, there, there almost appears to be another gospel that's being preached that is devoid of repentance. Um, and, and if you listen closely to some of the gospel presentations that, that are made, I mean, we're really good at telling people that God loves them, has a wonderful plan for their life. Um, we, we say that Jesus died for your sins, that heaven is a free gift, but often sin is not even mentioned, let alone repentance. And, and um, you know, I think back to when I first became a believer and was first in a church, in fact, right, right here in the great state of Ohio, I remember one particular service that I was in, and I was listening to the preacher preaching, and I'm, I'm listening, and I'm hearing all these stories about what God has done in people's lives, but I wasn't really hearing any scripture, and I wasn't hearing anything about sin. But at the end of the message, an invitation was given, and it, was, it went something like this, you know, who would like to receive the, the gift, free gift of eternal life? Raise your hand. Yeah, and, and, pick, pick me. Yeah, and I'm sitting in the back, and I'm looking at all these hands going up, and I was a young believer at the time, and I thought to myself, wait, wait a minute. What are they saying yes to? You know, I mean, who doesn't want to have eternal life? Who doesn't want to go to heaven when they die? You know, I, I don't relish the fact that when this life is over, there's nothing else. Sure, yeah, sign me up. But there was no mention of sin. But but then what was really funny about it was um, as, as the hands were going up, the, the preacher would say this. He would say, I see that hand. Welcome aboard. Yeah, I see that hand too. Welcome aboard. Welcome. I thought I was taking a trip on the love boat, you know? And, but, but, but I. Side note. Yeah. I was actually on the love boat. Were you? 
Yes. Oh, um, my goodness. For a college graduation, was on that boat. All right, this has got to be a story for another sermon, has another nothing message. nothing to do with today. Wow. But since okay. you mentioned it, I thought okay. I'd throw it out there. Interesting, interesting. Um, but but I, I think that's a tendency today. And maybe it's because we're afraid, you know, people are afraid to, to hear a message like that. Um, but but look at what, Je- look how Jesus approached evangelism. I mean, he, he preached one sermon. He lost 20,000 people in one shot because he said something like, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part of me. Yeah. He says, and the people said, this is a hard statement. <laughs> Who can accept it? And they all left. Yeah. But Jesus didn't go running after him. I mean, kind of like the, the rich young ruler. You know, the rich young ruler comes to, to the right man, the right person. He asks a good question. Um, you know, what must I do to in- inherit eternal life? And Jesus tells him, this is what you must do. And he says, obey the commandments. And he said, I've, I've done all those things. Mm-hmm. And he says, one thing you still lack. He says, sell all your possessions, give it to the poor, then come and follow me. Now, Jesus was very astute here because this guy was very prideful. He said he had kept all the commandments. Well, the greatest commandment, Jesus said, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, and your strength. And the second is like it, right? And what is it? Love Love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus puts his finger on that one command. He says, okay, you really have kept all of these things? Well, let's just pick the neighbor part. (laughs) If you really love your neighbor as yourself, you'll have no problem selling all you have, giving it to the poor, and then coming. And the Bible says that he went away sad. But what is most interesting is, See, if, if that happened today, there would be a lot of people that once they see him walk away, they run after him and say, wait a minute, <laughs> was that word too hard? <laughs> well, okay, I didn't mean everything. Let me, let me try it again. Yeah, and, again. and we'll tend to soften it because we want the convert. We want the, 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 you know, the, the, the person. Yeah. But, but I think Jesus would say that we should never lower the bar. We should never have lower expectations than what Jesus had for people. He didn't lower the bar, neither should we. We should not less ask, uh, le- ask less of people than what Jesus asked of people. Yeah, because true belief includes repentance. Yes. We must understand yeah. that by ourselves, we are awful in our nature um, and have offended a holy God. Yeah. And the only way out of that is to repent and mm-hmm. trust in his sacrifice and his grace. So to sum everything up, when Jesus calls a person, he calls them to repent. Mm-hmm. He calls him to trust him. He calls him to follow him. Yeah. And he calls him to be a fisher of men. That, in a nutshell, is what it means to follow Jesus. And, and Jesus invites us all to trust him, to follow him, and to catch men. Yeah. All of us. Amen. And, and, you know, the motto of the school, the Bible college that I went to, was uh, to know him and to make him known uh, down at Columbia International University. And that is an honor and a privilege that none of us deserve. And yet that's what Jesus says, join me on this mission. And it's our prayer that we would all respond like Peter did, like Matthew did, that we would be willing to, to leave behind whatever we need to leave behind to follow Christ and to become fishers of men. Yeah.
Amen. It's a good word for us today. It is. It's challenging. Would you mind closing us in prayer? Yeah, let's do that. Would you pray with us? God, we are grateful again for today, for the beauty of it, for the privilege to open your word, for the privilege to sing songs about how great and powerful and amazing that you are and how gracious you are. God, to open your word, to be reminded that even though um, as individuals, as people, as human beings, we are stuck and trapped in our sin, but that Jesus came to die for us Mm. so that we might be able um, to know him, to receive his grace and be forgiven. And God, that not just that, um, but you've called us um, to a higher purpose and cause. So God, help us today as uh, we end our time here this morning to evaluate, where are we? Mm -hmm. Are we um, like um, Peter or Matthew um, before Christ uh, called them? Are we somewhere else? or have uh, we already uh, turned that corner and um, surrendered our lives and repented of our sin and accepted Christ's forgiveness, but we've forgotten. Mm. Um, we've set it aside how good God's grace is. God, may we remind it today of your grace and your goodness. Yes, Lord. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen.